Join us in Life After Dark. Hello and welcome back after lifers or people of the dark. I am your host, Zechariah Takariah. I, I feel like that's kind of been a cool name for me lately. Maybe I'll try to switch it up next episode, but I'm joined here with Jesse Shane, the main brain McLean, or what some other people, which I've heard that they say, that he has the L.A. face with the Oakland booty. Um, that's just what I've heard. Those are the rumors. What do you have to say about that, Jesse? Uh, Ask your auntie about me. No comment. Ask your auntie about me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here because, uh, because I'm required to be. I'm just here so I don't get fined. So I don't get fined. Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Lynch. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, like we like to do at the top of the episode is thank Juanel Chavez for that intro that you guys heard. Thank you, Juanel. Um, we are going to have him on soon. Um, he's agreed to come on, but um, uh, we just have to set up the time in the day. It already, it already rained too much. Monsoon. Monsoon? What do you mean? Nothing. This is the point where we usually shop Dustin out. I mean, well, we can. we tried calling last week and he didn't answer he said he was too tired uh but we're gonna try to call him again right now this week guys we're gonna hear about his love life what up my guy so we are at the point where we talk about dustin's dms what do you got for us this week brother You don't, but the people love it. You got to give the people uh, what they want. Dude. No, just just nothing at the moment except for. Oh, remember I told you I, uh, earlier? Like I I got a match with somebody on that uh, Tinder. <laughs> oh, the Tinder swindler out here! <clears throat> Hit him up, Dustin. Uh, no, far from that. Okay, Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy, show me your undie. I don't know. I just tried <laughs> to figure out what what would run. But no, I actually don't have really much to report. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm really not the type to uh, kiss and tell. So, uh, yeah. Um, I think He's the type to it. kiss and smell. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the DMs are, are very bare, very minimal. Uh, not really much action. And, uh, yeah. That's all I really got for right now. It's all um, right, man. Oh, I'm passing crow right now. And, just uh, work on yourself, like King. Popping. Yeah, all we could say is just keep going off, King. And uh, as once getting up, sick ass. No, not getting off. I You're said keep crying. going off. Jesus Christ, dude. Jesus, take us back. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. All right. I thought I lost you for a second. No, we can hear you. I said, no, we could hear you. Oh, okay. Alrighty, man. If Jesse was like, you know, on time and, you know, I could have been there. And, uh, yeah, but yeah. I mean, but like I said, well, you know, all of us need to be on time. Just like we wait on you a few times. So we just need all to, now we know how all the other half lives. So, and, uh, I'm deeply hurt. This shouldn't have happened to me, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> What about the times when I'm sitting here and everyone stands me up, huh? Did you guys ever think to think about that? How hurt I am? How hurt you are? Yeah. You you told me you have like feelings made of stone. <clears throat> I may act tough, but I got a lot of feelings. You hurt them. 
Every damn one of them. <laughs> Jesus, take us back. So, uh, so yeah, you know, um, what are you guys going to be talking about tonight? We were talking about uh, doing the um, Skinwalker Ranch. Skinwalker Ranch, huh? Yeah. Still, still going for that. Did you figure out what you wanted to talk about on Sunday? So that we can let the listeners know. The Skinwalker? No, no. Oh, I said, uh, did you figure out what you wanted to talk about on Sunday? That way we can give the, the listeners a preview. Oh, a preview? Yeah. Because, like, I, I wasn't paying attention to my phone this whole time. until your phone call and I'm seeing your messages. So, uh. Sent you the, the, the list, the dank list of all the future episodes. I, I Told you, man. There's over 80 episodes in there. You just gotta pick uh, one, brother. We should do like uh, we should do doppelgangers. Ooh, all right then. Well, we'll have to. Uh, you have that to get your research then. Like That's probably just uh, the first one you've seen, huh? <laughs> I'm just kidding. But all right then, we're gonna get this episode done. All right then. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, later, later man. Yeah, Shinnok. I'll see you then, or I'll see you on another day. Are you coming or not? Because that's pretty confusing. <laughs> All right, that was Dustin, uh, the mutton busting Dustin. He gave his take on the, um, or Dustin the Demon Child. Pick yours. Uh, are you Team Mutton Bustin or Team Demon Child? Listeners out there, take your pick. Uh, we'll create a poll on Facebook, maybe. But um, I guess we're doing doppelgangers on Sunday, guys. So. Keep a lookout for that. And I know we're recording all of these in advance so we can kind of stockpile. But the latest episode that is out is the um, simulation theory. Did you get to listen to it yet? No, I didn't listen to it. Oh, dare you. It's super good. We're getting a lot of good reviews on it still. A lot of people. I mean, it's still early, but a lot of people are... Get Ebert and Robert giving it it's still uh, two thumbs it's up. It's still interesting. I mean, I think honestly, we probably just scratch whoops, the surface. Scratch the surface. You know, there's like a lot of uh, a lot of different things you can think about with it. I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. Well, there was that uh, story about that that kid. Oh yeah, it wasn't really a kid. He's a young adult. He's a young man. You know, he's an adult, but he yeah, uh, the one that we're gonna do and. In- one an episode about like a true our first yeah, true crime yeah episode. like a true crime episode about that well I wanted I, to I do didn't really search it out too much but I did watch that series over again where he it kind of goes over what his phone call and and all the basically the, in, the information like his interview he had an interview yeah about what his recollection of the events so it's just pretty crazy yeah i definitely want to dig into it kind of look into it because it's pretty interesting and but i mean i wanted to get in like our first actual true crime episode i thought would be cool because uh dustin that was his best friend yeah chris watts so the more i watch that because i've seen a couple different shows the more i watch that the more i'm just like this guy was so guilty from the very I mean, I'm, I know they, I think they knew. I think that they were like, something's fishy here, like something. It wasn't adding up. And it's not yesterday's casserole, is it? <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, the more, the more, like, when I was like, just watching and listening to how he uh, talked about what he did. Holy crap, man. This freaking hits you right in the you know yeah and at the same time it makes you want to go to yeah, that guy you know for real I mean? I mean having kids and then just thinking about being a parent and then doing the things that he did i mean i don't want to get too deep into it because i do i'm sure plenty of people cover probably it, heard but at least something of it because it's just it's so close yeah i mean it's it's not not close to home but close enough to where you're like we heard a, a lot of people heard about it. it was on the news you know yeah i don't even know where i was i think i was working where were you when the world stopped turning no I'm just kidding. i was riding on a bus to lodge grass high school who 9 11 2001 because i'm proud to be an american 
Cause at least I know I'm free. <laughs> and I won't forget the ones who died. Your favorite brother gave driver. that right to me. And I'll gladly stand up next to it. Okay, sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> your favorite bus drivers turned up the radio and then we could all hear it. <laughs> Lane Schinderline. Oh, yeah. I was trying That's to think. It's Sergeant C always you, played that in the. Uh, how'd, how'd you not remember his name? I thought you named your son after him. <laughs> I should have, man. Well, I guess we'll, we'll from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> Best, he, he's a good bus driver. We probably. We what didn't a, give him, we didn't give him stash, any crap. Huh? We didn't give him any crap. He did, definitely had a legit mustache. We didn't give him any crap, though, because he's so serious, you know. But yeah. he, he's actually probably a pretty cool guy. Did, did you know, like, until I was in high school, I didn't know that he was bald? Because <laughs> he always wears he the cap? took his hat off, and I was like, <gasps> like, it was, like, he's straight up bald. Because it's super, one of those, like, super long on the side. Not yeah. super long, but it's, like, probably, like, about two, three inches long on the side. And then he just... <laughs> Straight up bald on top. Like no hair. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, one time me and Cal missed uh missed hit the big bus, so we had to wait for the small yeah, bus. Right on the, yeah, I know we were and, that was like the And that's his wife that yeah. drives the small bus. Yeah. And she got pissed at us. And she was yelling at us like the whole ride to like school. Because like, he missed it? Yeah. Oh, she God. was like, 745. 745. And me and Cal was like, I know. We had one off day. Give us a break. And we were like, I was just sitting there all scared like little She kid. wasn't always the bus driver. Before it was uh, that other lady. Man, you know what I'm talking about? Remember she was a basketball coach for a number of years? She lived. She, <laughs> no, she, she, uh, she lived out past us. I don't know if she was married to someone out there. I don't know her last name. Linda Small? No, <clears throat> but she's, uh, oh, I don't know, but she She kind of had that, I think she dyed her hair, it kind of had a reddish color to it. I don't know if she dyed it that way or if it's like, like a no reddish idea. brown. But she was, when I, at least when I was in high school, she was a girls basketball coach for a few years and I want to say she has like her picture up at the school there somewhere because she played basketball for Lodgegrass and she was really good. She was she married to one of those, uh, I don't even know her name. Gosh, I should. <clears throat> anyway, I'm sure one there was of the a lady um, that filled in for the bus driver all the time on the big bus. I don't know what her name was. She kind of had like almost like a mullet looking thing. Is it the same lady? No, this lady didn't have a mullet. She's kind of like a rancher chick, you know? She definitely didn't have a mullet. Hmm. I yeah, don't know. I have no idea. It's one of those things I'm pretty sure it won't, I won't remember because I don't think I, I never spoke to her or anything like that. And, you know, she was just a yeah. coach for the girls. But she, when, I'm, I'm surprised you don't remember. <clears throat> but she drove that small bus when we were. When we were going to school, and I was in high school, hmm. but <laughs> she was getting mad at you guys. Yeah, why? She there's was, there's space, right? <clears throat> there was because there's only one kid on the small bus. Yeah, and what's then, the problem? I don't know. I have honestly have no idea. And then I was like just a little guy, and I was like, <gasps> like all in shock. And then Cal was really standing up. I just think back. Cal Cal's like this this big shadow sitting in the back of the bus, and he's like all grumpy already. Yeah, he's all pissed off. Just one time, leave us alone. She just got quiet and kind of sat there and just drove the bus all the way. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Man. Yeah, I mean that. That's just how he is too. Like he didn't even care to speak up. <laughs> <laughs> well, it doesn't help when you're that massive. Then people like will hear you raise your voice and you're like, because like Cal at that age was probably like six two. And then no, well, how, what grade was that? I was in the army. I'm sure he was probably like in junior high, and then I was probably like a fifth grader. Mm. So he was probably six foot six two somewhere around there, and then I was probably like. It's not like you guys miss the bus every day. Yeah, but I was just a little guy back then, a little short, Seven, fat kid. Seven forty-five. I thought it was like seven thirty-five when we went to school. Probably less kids, huh? 
less kids to pick up. I don't know. I just remember that's that's ingrained in my mind because she said it so many times in a row. So it's like just in my mind, seven forty-five. Like be there waiting. That's when the bus gets there to pick you up, and then. I think there was less kids on the way to on the, on the way. Because remember that little bus like would catch up to it, the big bus and chill behind it, it. If you think about it, that bus goes straight down that gravel road right past Willow Creek, and <clears throat> the, it used to always have to go all the way to the end because that's where the um, that's where that those Grams live at. <clears throat> so Todd Graham would get on the bus at the very end, damn near, and then he's riding in, and then they picked up like a couple other kids on the way. Right, mm-hmm. and then once he graduated, it didn't go as far. Then probably in between the time when I graduated, after I and there must have been just less people. I don't even think he had to go down there anymore. I think he just had to turn around where that turnoff is and come just come start picking you guys up. Yeah, and then also I think you would get out there. I remember one time. Uh, like I was looking, I don't. I think we were going up to the mountains, and uh, we were able to skip school that day. So we were driving up, and we just saw him parked at the Y, just yeah. kind of chilling there, waiting yeah. before like the time where we would get there, so that he would make it back into the town in time. Yep. So he was just chilling at the Y, yep. and it's like, so that's what he does. Like, <laughs> like speak, speaking about simulation theory, like what if that's just where he loads every morning, Ba-doom. and then. Like, I was kind of thinking about that. And then also another thing that sparked my interest was that um, I saw this thing on Facebook, this meme, and it said uh, for kind of like for fighting for simulation, like being on the side of it that have you ever seen your neighbors take groceries in? And I thought about that. And I've lived in this house for like almost three years, going on four years, and I've never seen any of my neighbors take groceries in their house. <laughs> I have. And I've never seen them take their trash out to the street, and it's just always out there. <laughs> I have, but you know why that is? Why is that? Because I'm always, like, mechanicing and stuff, so I'm always outside for hours at a time. So I'll see people come and go, I'll see them bring their stuff. But, I mean, I work outside, and even when I'm walking around, like, I never see people taking groceries in. They're at work a majority of the time. <clears throat> You're walking by, though. So, I don't know. That just made me think, and I was like. With simulations. I'm 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 one of the real ones out here, and then everyone else is an NPC. That's just what it made me think. <laughs> yeah. Are you real, or are you simulated uh, consciousness? Oh. I think um, uh, maybe this is my simulation, and like you're Morty, yeah, living your best life, yeah, as Roy. <laughs> as Roy. <laughs> Did you watch that? Clip? No, but oh. I I watched it when it first came out, but I, I have to go back Hold and on. rewatch. Hold on, time out, time out, guys. I'm gonna pause the podcast. Jesse's gonna watch that clip really quick, and we're gonna come back. All right, guys, and we're back. So, what do you think about Roy? <laughs> it was good poor guy yeah it's like what the what question, if, what, the what question if that's is, all it is you know the que- <laughs> what if this is a video game that your other self is playing and then when you die you wake up and you're morty <gasps> i don't know the question is is this what you look like when you wake up though I mean, I feel like it, it It doesn't have to be because what if it's randomized? What if you're just kind of playing the game and you set the the things to... What if it's already preset or else what if it's set to just a random person? Or what if it's like Skyrim or anything that Bethesda does to where you can create your own character? <clears throat> like you can to the little minute detail of like you can have their nose be a certain shape you'd have their eyes be a certain shape you could have them tilted a certain way eyebrows ears mouth forehead cheekbones you never know you know until you know it's not over, over until it's over, over. <laughs> so red rover red rover <laughs> just kidding 
<clears throat> but it's just wild. It just kind of makes you think. And I just love that uh, Rick and Morty, they kind of, they, they bring it in such like a, like a fun way and they, they make you laugh with it. So that's my plug for Rick and Morty. You guys go out and watch it. <clears throat> yeah. But I guess uh, let's, without further ado, we should bring in the episode. That way yeah. we can kind of uh, move on in. But tonight's episode, you guys, it is Skinwalker Ranch. So Skinwalker Ranch, also known as the Sherman Ranch. It's a little ranch located just west of uh, Utah County, bordering the Ute Indian Reservation. It's kind of a place where there's a lot of folklore, a lot of cattle mutilations, a lot of uh, UFOs, a lot of cryptids have been seen there. Uh, Dustin's friend Bigfoot even makes a, a quick little <clears throat> appearance. Um and even what people have called the uh, the Skinwalker. That's kind of why it's been dubbed the Skinwalker Ranch. There's been dire wolves, just random aliens, objects, orbs, uh, wormholes. We'll even get to those. You guys want to hear those stories? Yeah, it's pretty wild. But, I mean, I guess I'll go into talking about the timeline of the ownership really quick. Uh, from 1934 to 1994... Kenneth and Edneth Myers, uh, they are the ones who bought the 500-acre plot of land and settled on it, which I can't even fathom, put, like, wrap my mind around 500 acres. That's, that's a massive piece of land. Then they sell it to uh, Terry and Gwen Sherman, and those are the ones that kind of make it famous. They name it the Sherman Ranch. And they own it from 1994 to 1996. Like, they're not there long. They experience so many paranormal stuff. And from there, they uh, sell it to this this guy who, who catches wind of all of this that's going on. Like, he's into this. He's, like, a, a, a billionaire that's into kind of, like, he gets his money like from... A, like a paranormal enthusiast, <clears throat> I guess? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, his name is... Um, <clears throat> Robert Bigelow, and in 2016, he... Bigelow. Oh, yeah, Deuce is his nickname. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> um, he purchased the ranch for $200,000, and it was just because... It doesn't seem like much for, like, No, it's not. That's, that's and... less than this house right now, dude. And, like, he... They just wanted to get out of it. Yeah, they wanted to get out of it, and so he just made the offer. Did and... they buy it for cheap, too, though? I'm pretty sure they did. I, I couldn't find that they in my kinda, notes. Did they kind of break even? I wonder. No, they um they bought it for uh pretty low because I remember listening to a podcast earlier where um Terry and his wife they couldn't turn down the offer because it was such a big land and they were looking to move into a ranch in a rural area and raise cattle. So once they found out that it was like such a low price, they went for it. Yeah. And then all of that, like a couple months Let in. Let that be a lesson to you guys. If it's too good to be true. It probably is. It probably is. <laughs> Fuck. So he buys it from the Shermans for $200,000. Yeah. yeah. But they continued to stay there, right? Yeah, because Terry and his wife become ranch hands. Um, so for, they sold the place. And, then and they, know, knowing full and well the things that were happening. Mm-hmm. And then they stayed on and mm-hmm. kept working. Yeah. God, that's. They have a word for that on that other podcast. They're it's acting. A Darren? Or should we call it on this one? I don't know. A Dustin? <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, I personally, if I would have sold it and all of that crap was going on, I would have just headed out. I mean, because they do witness a lot of things because they had children and even their children kind of witnessed a lot of the stuff that went on there too. But here comes Bob, Bobbert, Bob Bigelow. And then he, um, the reason why he was so interested in it was just because there was so many things going on at the ranch. There were like all of the, the laundry list of things that were going on at this place. And he's interested in that. Let's share some of that stuff that, that was happening. Okay. 
Um, <clears throat> before we jump into that in my timeline, one more second. Uh, in 2016, Bigelow, he sold Skinwalker Ranch for $4.5 million. So could you imagine buying a property for $200,000, then selling it for that much, $4.5 million, to a shell corporation called Adamantium Holdings, LLC? After this purchase, the roads leading to the ranch were blocked. The perimeter was uh, guarded by cameras and by barbed wire and signs were posted aimed to prevent people from approaching the ranch adamantium real estate llc a delaware limited liability blah 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 based in salt lake city um basically some other rich dude who is um kind of into all of this paranormal stuff he's the one who wanted to buy it and he did but i guess going back to the the first encounter that Terry Sherman and his wife had was they had their cattle out in the like in the field one day or in the oh I think it was in a corral yeah and they seen this large giant wolf that was I don't even remember what they said but it was it was like probably the size of like one of those like massifs or British massifs or whatever they're called those giant dogs yeah whatever it was it was like big massive yeah and instead of being aggressive it walks up to the family and so he pets it and even the kids go over they start petting it but then it turns away and moves towards like a little calf and walks straight up to the calf and puts its head in its mouth and starts like basically trying to eat it so terry runs over and he (laughs) starts punching it because he's a man's man like he's 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 out here fighting and trying to uh, go fisticuffs with these dire wolves out here. So he's sitting there punching it, and he goes over to, or he yells to his son, "Go get my magnum!" And I heard on uh, Time Suck Dan Cummins this is his joke. He said, "So his son proceeds to uh, run inside and grab an extraordinary large condom." And then <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> but his mind would go there. Yeah. Uh, Yours would too. It would. Must it be would. the Cummins blood. Yeah, it is. So he um he grabs his gun, he shoots it, and it's almost like the bullets are ricocheting off of the fur and the skin of the giant um beast wolf. And it just slowly starts walking away with the calf in its mouth. I thought that there was no effect, is what he said. He felt like there was, I don't even, he, they didn't know what was happening, but he felt like there's no effect of the the gun, right? The firearms. <clears throat> and then he went up like point blank with the, with the gun. Well, he shot. had his magnum and then he runs inside because the wolf is just slowly walking off with the cabinet's mouth and he yeah. runs inside and grabs a shotgun and he shoots at it point blank and it still nothing. I don't know. Maybe maybe the stories are mixed up, but what I remember hearing and looking up was that uh, he had, when he shot it point blank, I thought he shot it with a high-powered rifle, and it actually did cause some damage to the wolf, mm-hmm. but it didn't react like it was hurt. It mm-hmm. just looked. It was just like, what was that? And then it was like, <laughs> but I think it. I think it left. Like shortly after that, it just kind of left. And what happened when he shot it, there was like a chunk of flesh that landed on the ground. And they said that 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 chunk of flesh was like rotten. It Hmm. smelled, it smelled rot, like rotten meat. Yeah. I didn't hear that one. Wow. Yeah. Cause it's been a couple of years. I was listening to, I got like kind of obsessed with the whole Skinwalker Ranch thing because I was like. Uh, I was working at night and yeah. I was driving back to driving the, the work van after the shift. So I was having to stay awake early in the morning and I would save half my energy drink and then I would just put on a podcast 
or uh, YouTube videos. You yeah. Know? And I'd listen to them on the way back. And that was one of the ones, uh, Skinwalker Ranch stories was just like uh, blowing my mind with the whole thing, like like the whole wolf thing and and all the other sightings that they had. Yeah. Like, shall I share one of the ones that I heard? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I don't know if that was the first sighting. I know that was like their first like close up encounter, like where they were like physically interacting with whatever that was mm-hmm. when it came up to them, that, that wolf. Yeah. But there was also a, uh, <clears throat> there was a night when I guess they had like those tonight. orbs, they had these little, you know, light lights, right? Yeah. That were like floating, that would float around and... I don't know why, but that must be Terry, Terry Sherman. Mm-hmm. Is that his, is that yeah, the guy's yeah, name? Yeah. So he he gets mad. He gets mad, right? And he's got a few. He's got a couple dogs, uh, ranch dogs, and they're barking at those lights. So he just gets pissed off, and he's like, you know, chase sick them. Em. Yeah, sick them. So his dogs chase after these lights. There's like three of them, and they're like in the trees, right? His dogs go chasing after these lights, and the lights sort of like retreat into the tree line and all he hears is a massive like yelp from his like like last second from his dogs yeah and a bright light in the from the trees so then he he grabs his uh flashlight i don't know if he takes a gun or anything like that but yeah i can't remember but he grabs basically a flashlight and he goes running after his dogs because at that point he's like he is very upset you know, of course, he's like concerned for his animals, and, mm. and he starts chasing after his his animals. And basically, when he comes into the timber, he locates where his his dogs were. They're not there anymore, physically, like alive. But what he does find is two or three—I can't remember how many animals he had. There were just a couple of greasy piles of what was left of them. Yeah. Okay. They basically got like freaking microwaved or whatever from that beam of light that, that sprayed out from the trees. Yeah. And the, the dog screamed like the last second. That was the last sound you heard of those animals. They were gone. Damn. <clears throat> I think that was when they kind of, I think he was like a little pissed off about the whole thing after that. But they did see a bunch of weird shit. A lot of like really strange, like unexplainable things you just don't see in everyday normal life. They saw floating objects out in the field. Yeah. Uh, different sizes. But one of them was like cylinder. Kind of like. Almost a, like a tunnel. Like just like a big cylinder. A metal cylinder that was just floating in the air. They said it was the size of about an RV. And then it would oh, just be okay. gone. Oh, that's the the pill shaped thing that there was. Yeah, I thought you were gonna talk about him and his wife. He ran inside. He grabbed his binoculars to see what the light was, and he said it was dark outside, middle of the night. But when he looked at that light, it looked like he could see the sunlight and a landscape inside that hole. Like it was almost like another dimension, or not dimension, but like a like a, a portal. portal to another spot on the earth or something like that. Yeah. And so he kind of documented that and said that, and that kind of ties into another story that happens later on after um, he sells the property and it's bought by um, Deuce Bigelow. (laughs) Do you want me to jump into that story? I can. I was just going on like the weird things that I saw that, that they uh, experienced or, visually witnessed one of them was also a some kind of a weird creature in a field did you hear that one where they're uh-huh. like driving down their road and they said out in the field they just saw this uh large cat like bear cat creature with long fur and it had a long tail and it no. was red wow no, I didn't. And it was like one. jumping around like a freaking, I don't know. Just It was just jumping all over the place. They didn't know what to make of it. They were just like dumbfounded. <clears throat> so then they, they took, I think they were trying to get a closer look at it. And then it just like, it just vanished. Yeah, no, I've 
never seen that one or I've never heard of that one actually. But I mean, of all of the podcasts that I was listening to and the YouTube videos I was watching, they just said that there's just so many stories and so many like encounters that they've had on this ranch. So I guess like, I mean, we're going to be scratching the surface on this. Like, you guys can reach it, research this yourself if you yeah. want to. Yeah. And there's going to be tons more that, that we won't even just cover. that Sherman family. Yeah. Because that, that's not the, that's not the beginning of it. The, I think that you tribe has had stories that have gone back. Yeah. Like a couple hundred years. Yeah. A hundred years at least. I guess there was Navajos that were settled in that area in that Utah region. Yeah. And they kicked them out down south, but they were also had stories about the skinwalker and that they put a curse on the settlers that moved in there and said that this land where we're at, you're going to be um, cursed by a skinwalker, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's what I heard of first before I even knew any of the whole skinwalker ranch thing. Yeah. And I actually have a story that I was told one time. I don't want to dive too deep into skinwalkers because i want to do cover them as an episode one well, day it's, it's regarding this place oh, oh okay all right then this By actual it's actually regarding that reservation and a guy that that i knew we were pretty close for a summer we fished like every, damn near every day in crow <laughs> we were catching catfish down at the river but um, so he's <laughs> He was with my aunt, uh, <laughs> okay. and they have a kid together. But um, he was like, "Ask your auntie about me." Hello, Cindy. What's up? Shit! I'll be like, she wasn't that impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! But anyway, uh, this guy. I mean, he lives over there, you know, I just, uh, I probably haven't spoken to him in a while, but he told me a story and it was, it was really outlandish to me at the time. I was like, what the heck? There's no way that's true. Yeah. But the more I, as time went on, I mean, I didn't have no reason to not believe him because He's not the kind of guy that I knew of to kind of pull my leg or lie to me, make, you know, just out of, just to try to freak me out. That really didn't, there was no reason to. Yeah. So he told me the story that, uh, he moved back to the res from, I want to say California because I, that's where he was living at the time. And, uh, when he moved back, he stayed at a friend's house yeah, in the country, and he went to sleep one night. He was laying there. All of a sudden, he said he woke up for some reason, mm-hmm. and there was a like really foul smell. Yeah. Smelt like uh, something rotten, something dead, like you smell a dead animal on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. He was basically woken up by this bad smell, and he said there was a skylight. And you could see the moonlight shining through the skylight. Yeah. And up on that skylight, all of a sudden there was a shadow. A shadow moved across that skylight. That's always my fear, remember, because there was a skylight in Dad's bathroom. Yeah. And I hated, like, when I was a little kid, we'd, like, I'd take a bath in there, and then you'd, like, look up at night, and, and I was afraid there was always going to be something or someone standing there. Looking like, at you? Oh. So I'd take my bath, and I'd always look down. <laughs> She just told him they probably would have put a blanket or put a cloth over it, tack it to the ceiling or something, put a bandana. Oh, man, because just gotta try and be tough. Yeah, try to act tough. <laughs> but basically, he he uh, he has this. He sees this animal walk across the skylight, and he jumped up. This is what he told me. I don't know that. I don't know the exact truth of any of this. I don't know how it works, but basically he jumped up, he grabbed a gun and he told his buddy, he got a, got a gun, must've been his friend's gun, of course. And they had a a flashlight or like a spotlight, a bright, a bright flashlight. Yeah. And they shine it out into the, the yard. And he said it was a wolf and it was in the yard but he said it didn't look alive. It looked dead. Yeah. But it was it was standing there 
looking at back at them. So he pulled that rifle out and he was aiming at it and he was trying to shoot it. And what he said was that he couldn't shoot it. He just couldn't, he couldn't shoot it. I don't know if he was afraid or if it was some kind of weird magical thing, black magic thing going on at that moment. Yeah. But he, he told me that it ran off. I don't know if he just fired the gun in the air or what. It ran off. And that guy's grandmother told him that he's, you can't kill those. You basically have to be uh, blessed. You have to have some kind of a, a blessing mm-hmm. to even be able to hurt him, is what it sounds like. So he was just like freaked that fuck out, you know. He wanted a GTFO. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so he did. He said he left. I don't know if he left that. He must have left that night. He left that night and he took off blazing down the highway. I've Little, been like, Sorry if I spend a night. <laughs> sometime I don't know if it was that night. It was some. If it wasn't that night, it was sometime in the near future. He left and he was he was flying down the highway in his uh, his hoopty, and he said all of a sudden there was a fucking huge owl outside his window, flying alongside his car. He said, and he said he looked down. And he was going like 50, 60 miles an hour or something, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. And then he just, he freaking put the pedal to the metal and didn't look back. Damn. I remember them saying like another way that you could tell that it's a skinwalker is like it'll it'll move a certain way. Like remember how the grudge girl crawled out of the TV and she was doing those weird like contortionist movements yeah, like and stuff like that. Like, and like possessed. Yeah, and like her, like you move kind of choppy. Yeah. It's like, I guess that's another way that you can kind of like tell that it's a, a skinwalker is just by its movements and not only by like if it's not the stink, it's the movements, you know? Yeah. That's what she said. I don't know. That's, that's just what something I personally heard from somebody that they as a second hand you know what i mean yeah their, their first hand story i heard it and at the time i was just like <laughs> you know like whatever and they're like no like dead serious man that that actually happened Damn. so when you listen to the stories of what all the things these people experience when it comes to like the poltergeist type activity the animal that's like weird and abnormally sized and too friendly the weird floating objects the the lights Mm -hmm. those uh, orbs that freaking microwave his dogs the portals portals like it's just like a hot spot like it's there's it's like everything is just here on this one little spot like every it's 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 the paranormal paradise and then Cue up the gangsta's paradise. That's what I got going in my mind right now. It's like a freaking intersection there. of like ley lines or something. I don't know, like where worlds cross or some yeah. shit. And this is what it's like. This is what it's like when worlds collide. Yeah. I was singing um, Little Nicky whenever that song. But I want to get into my story with the. There, it's later on. It's it's after Terry's. He's a ranch hand at this point, and he's sold the property to Deuce Bigelow. I'll call him Deuce Bigelow, but his name is um, Bobbert. Well, Robert, but I like calling him Bobbert. <laughs> and Robert hires a, a company to where he is trying to track uh, like all of these anomalies, all of these things that are going on, try to get to the bottom of what's going on. So he has cameras set up all around. He's got 
the these equipment, these EMF readers that's like to scan for electricity and stuff like that. So he has all of these set up night vision and people outposts that are just watching this ranch 24-7. And one thing that they come back with is they say uh, one of the night guards sees a light just pop up out of nowhere into the distance. So he reports it he writes it down he says i see a light out in the field grabs his night vision goggles and he starts looking and he can see he's like okay it's just an orb in the middle of the um field that's yeah. all it is right now but what he sees is there's a like what kind of almost like what we were talking about with the skylight he sees a shadow come in from that orb of that light and it looks like some type of weird giant creature and he sees it flop out of the orb and onto the ground and it stands up and it just starts walking off. Hmm. And so he reports that and he's like, yo, we got something that just now walked out of a tunnel, like a portal. Like there's, there's something going on here. And did they ever catch up to it? No, no. But, um, that leads into like another story. They, they, they corner a Sasquatch. They corner Bigfoot, and what they say is that they, um, <clears throat> like Terry and this, uh, like a bunch of other of the the whole group, the team, they start following this beast into uh, it's. This is a different time. It's not the same beast as the tunnel beast that they see, but yeah. they like corner it in a barn, and they said it's just a foul stench, like it stinks, and. Yeah. They are about to catch it. They're about to shoot it. They kind of just, they're wondering what the hell it is. Once it, it, it actually finally realizes that it's caught it's trapped, then it like somehow summons this like portal and jumps into the portal and the portal shuts. Like it just jumps through a freaking wormhole. Yeah. Like there was multiple people there to all like, Say that, yeah, yeah, I was there. I've seen, I seen this. We had the Sasquatch cornered, and it just like summoned a portal, walked through it, and then it was gone. And I think they said there had to be at least like twenty what about people the there. Sasquatch that they caught in prior. Oh, that's that's for another topic. <laughs> that's wild though. It's wild. Killed it or found it or whatever it was. Yeah, because I remember being in school and then people talking about that. Okay, let's let's. Uh, but okay, okay, yeah. But anyway, this one didn't make the portal. Um, this one got shot before it can make its uh, portal. Um, <laughs> um, Terry used to say that he could like feel things around him, like he could hear things. Like it was almost like something was following him yeah. and walking with him. And the way he described it was like as if something was wearing like the cloak from the Predator. Remember how it can turn on that, or like, like Harry that, Potter, that like shield? Yeah, or like Harry Potter. Oh, he could yeah. actually see like something there, though. Or no, just he would hear. Feeling. He would hear like breathing, oh. and he would hear like something. It would almost be like phantom footsteps walking behind him. You turn around, there's nothing there. Yeah. And he was like, he just felt like he was being watched. I mean, it could have just been paranoia of all of the things that he's kind of seen and gone through, went through, been through. But that's just kind of like his personal experience that he reported. Hmm. Well, hell, when you listen to all the stories, you kind of have to maybe believe if some of it is true, even if some of it is true, that's, mm -hmm. that's a mind, mind blower. Because I remember hearing this also, this theory a few months back that it's like, is Sasquatch an interdimensional creature? Like, that's why we don't see them? Like, do they just create portals, walk through them, kind of hang out? What if there's something in this world that they need? They grab it, make a portal, and then they head out. And then every now and then we see it. Yeah. Because there is uh, UFO sightings in the woods, like, where people hikers have seen a Bigfoot, uh -huh. it'll run off, and then they'll see a UFO fly off after that. Really? Yeah, there's there's been sightings That's of that weird. also. It's the devil. It's Chewbacca. Chewbacca. <laughs> I said, uh, uh, we need some more Bigfoot stories. We do. But here's my joke: Chewbacca is actually a, a Sasquatch from native countries. 
real name was actually Chewing Tobacco. They shortened it. <laughs> Just kidding. But yeah, we definitely do. I mean, we covered it in episode one, but I feel like we can we can go deeper and we could uh, add on to the stories of it. Yeah. But do you have any other stories for from the ranch? I mean, it's I know there's a lot of other stories, but I do I, know that it's a massive hotspot, and that yeah, they they did they probably had a lot of problems with people trying to like sneak over there and yeah get some footage of it or any they could try to catch anything. Well, but. I mean, till present day, it's guarded. You can't go in there. And this new company, the Adamantium LLC, yeah. they're still doing research and trying to watch these anomalies. And they asked the new owner of it, like, does he believe any of the stuff that is going on there? And he said that he trusts the people that he hired and he's hearing back a lot of crazy things. Well, they need to share. I'm sure it will soon, but mm. as of as of 2020, that's what he said. Andamantium, a shell corporation, is probably some kind of government uh, entity, and they're just uh, most like they're just blocking probably. whatever other shit from happening or getting out. I don't know. I could probably talk about it for a while. I'm trying to think of any other stories. Like I could. Well, I do remember they they had a lot of. Uh, they had a lot of craziness in that house. They had to start locking everything, like the cupboards and the doors and everything, because they were like flying open and all their stuff was getting thrown everywhere. That's that's what um remember when Terry and um his wife bought the house? Mm-hmm. That's almost one thing that they were like, oh, I don't know, this looks like a place where maybe they were like kidnapping people. Because there, there was locks, there was on, locks on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but it was because if you don't lock the shit, the doors like open and close. Yeah. They like slam or some weird, creepy, <laughs> crazy behavior. And that's the paranormal end of it. Like we said, this has like cryptids, yeah. this has UFOs, and this is the paranormal. Yeah. So the house is seeming like it's haunted. I want to find some more stories. Let's uh, Let's just save this one. And we'll revisit it. Yeah, I'm we'll, down. We we'll can call it. We'll call it right here. More, more stories. What we're looking at. We can do a part two to this one. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Because I got to get going. All right. And I know there's more stories. There's a lot more content. Like for real, I want to add to this one because this one I did. <laughs> I was fucking obsessed with it for a while. I was doing a lot of Bigfoot stuff. And then I kind of got like somehow I my my YouTube algorithm must have switched over to Skinwalker Ranch and I was like what's this? And all of a sudden I was like what the fuck? All right, let's um let's take it out then. All right, guys, we're we're gonna stop there, but we want you guys to tune in as we do a awesome part two to this episode of Skinwalker Ranch. We'll be back with more stories. Anything else that you want to say, Jesse? Before we take it out. Negative. Negative, negative. All righty, guys. And remember how we always take these episodes out. You are the resistance. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We'll see you guys next week for part two of Skinwalker Ranch. See you later. Life after dark.